<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. The Great Resignation. Everybody's quitting. Nobody wants to work. Nobody can find employees. Who's to blame? Obviously, this is a conversation we've been having for a little while, especially during the pandemic. And some would say perhaps because of the pandemic or choices that were made during the pandemic. But don't worry about all that for the moment. Just be aware that we have a heightened crisis about the problem of finding good employees, and it's brand new in all of history. Or is it? Paul Ferry, a researcher at the University of Calgary, has put up a series of tweets designed to give perspective on the topic, a brief history of nobody wants to work anymore. The first post shows a clipping from 2022 of an article according to a new survey released by Tiny Pulse. One in five executive leaders agree with the statement, no one wants to work. Okay, good. We know that one. I mean, it's not good, but you get my point. Then this clipping from a newspaper in 2014. What has happened to the work ethic in America? Nobody wants to work anymore. It has not always been that way. When I first started to work as a teenager, I saw people work hard. And if that sinking feeling in your judgmental stomach indicates where this is likely to go, oh, sure enough, all the way. 2006. I can't believe the bad luck I've had in trying to find someone to do some needed home improvements. It almost seems like nobody wants to work anymore, and when they do work, they take no pride in what they do. How does one find a dependable worker? From a magazine article. Similarly, from 1999, nobody wants to work anymore, Cecil said. They all want to work in front of a computer and make lots of money. How's that working for you, by the way? And then Paul Ferry jumps a little bit in history. 1937. Orchardists complain of shortage of labor. Faced with a shortage of labor when unemployment is widespread, peach orchardists in York and Adams counties are complaining that nobody wants to work anymore. There is work, it is reported, for 15 to 25 peach pickers in every orchard in the two counties. But only two to five pickers are at work because of the unavailability of labor. Nobody, it seems, wants to work at peach or apple picking and packing an Adams County fruit grower declared. And yes, just for good measure, let's go back 130 years to 1894 with this little note from a newspaper. With all the mines of the country shut down by strikers, what will the poor editor do for coal next winter? It is becoming apparent that nobody wants to work these hard times. Now look on the last one, it's kind of funny because you imagine that maybe the poor editor could himself go down the mines and help the problem out. But I, that's not the point. The point is that none of this is new. For as long as there have been people, the employers have thought that workers were either lazy and or unwilling to do hard work. And of course, workers generally believe that employers were greedy and or lazy and or unwilling to do hard work. Yes, there might be a little bit more of it now. And yes, it does seem to be producing some very unusual effects in the economy. But sometimes it's good to have perspective. This actually reminds me of another illustration of the same point, which is, if you've ever heard people complain about the level of vitriol and hatred and contempt in modern politics, and certainly how the newspapers are just so savage these days, I managed to find once upon a time a book from the like 1790s. I mean, the book was new, but it was a collection of editorial cartoons from the 1790s. Oh, God, they were brutal. <laughs> I mean, they would never get published today. Everybody writing those cartoons would have gotten sued. And the point was simply this. Between that and some of the actual written editorials of the day, none of this is new. 
people have always been mean in politics. And, you know, there's always been a perception that there are no workers for us. And now when I tell you this next story, I just want you to be prepared. You're not going to like it very much. And I don't want you to freak out. But the price of French fries is set to be the next thing to hit Britain's household budgets as potato growers have warned of a rise in prices because of the recent heat wave, which has been ravaging crops. And as you would expect, if a potato shortage is hitting Britain, it's going to be kind of a worldwide thing because when one place is short, it's going to draw from other places. And yes, in this particular case, even reports going back as far as January of this year show that there seems to be a growing global potato shortage, partially due to the pandemic, partially due to extreme weather and heat. But especially in England, the Potato Growers Association is warning people that now is a crucial time for potato growers because if it stays dry too much longer, ongoing drought, you know in Britain they've had massive heat recently, we're looking at seriously reduced yields. Until recently, things have been relatively adequate, but suddenly this is becoming a bit of a crisis. The growers have stopped irrigating their fields because of a lack of water. And not to bring bad news too much to the British, but you also have an increase in the price of fish. And so fish and chips in Britain has gone way up in price, not quite 20% inflation over the course of a year. All I know is that as soon as I hear somebody talking about the price of French fries and increases in inflation, I'm completely on a different track. And all I'm thinking of is, mmm, French fries. And to be honest, whatever the price is, I'm probably going to pay it. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And finally, from the nature is really cool and a little bit terrifying file, a nature tourist was recently traveling in a boat in the Puget Sound and watching the killer whales from a distance. By law, you have to stay a certain distance away. But in this particular case, the video of the pod, which is actually known as T065A, a family of transient orcas that travel in waters around the San Juan Islands, the Strait of Georgia, and Puget Sound, And starting off at a good safe distance of several hundred yards away, you have to by law be a minimum of 200 yards away, suddenly the pod sort of heads toward the boat. They're going to come upside down by our boat right here. And so this giant killer whale is at first inverted coming towards the boat, then kind of flips over, spews a little bit, and looks at the boat before inverting again and heading underneath the boat along with a buddy. Hello? Now you can tell in the video that this woman is just amazed by what she's seeing. Hello? And that's fine. I don't begrudge her her amazement. I'm sure I would be shocked and awed and in wonder at the same time, but I've seen a video now of this boat and of this killer whale, and I'm just telling you, I would not be in the same level of mere amusement at this event. 
This is a little concerning. Now, I know they say that orcas are not going to attack humans, but apparently the orcas swim upside down as a form of targeting the prey because somehow or other it ensures that they can't fight back when they turn them around. And although you can tell me that orcas don't like the taste of people, I know that in this video you can see one of the other orcas and they have just gotten done feeding, okay? They have been hunting and feeding and there's one of them that has a freshly killed seal in its mouth. And what I know about seals and what I know about people is they're not that different in size. So yes, this little excursion and this video on TikTok turned out okay. This time, I just don't know that I'd be all that eager to experience this kind of a thing myself. Or at least if I did... You're gonna need a bigger boat. That's it for the daily break. Be sure to head over to newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five star rating before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the daily break brought to you by Newsweek.